Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The intellectual podcast starts now. Shall we do this? We shall do this. Welcome to the 184th episode of the Intellectual Podcast. I'm Dave Dawson. Thank you for joining us. We're going to get right into the episode. I'm sitting at Studio Unseen, also known as Third Space, here in University Heights with my very dear friends, Miss Allie Lennox. Hi. And Mike Peterson. What's up? Uh, we're going to talk Oscars. That's what's up. Woo, Oscars 2017. And Allie is our resident Oscars es- expert. That's what I'm going to start calling you now. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel bad for not <laughs> having a TV and being able to... I did try streaming it. I was able to steal the show for about 15 minutes on Sunday night. Well, I believe this is like the first year that they streamed it live, too, like on purpose. So uh, they only streamed it live on ABC. On ABC. I tried uh, that on only ABC in app. only if you're in Chicago or um, a couple other cities. It was not available to San Diego. Really? Mm-hmm. I tried. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I watched it on uh, the ABC app on my Apple TV today because oh. I was working when the Oscars happened. So, um, Don't so this, work. This, <laughs> yay work. Yes. <laughs> Boy, I've needed it. Um, although I feel Don't like I've all. had too much of it. It's like. Feast or famine, right? <laughs> Such is life of freelance. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but the beauty of it is that you get to complain no matter what. So Yeah, you, you either have too much work or not enough work or you got a shitty boss or <laughs> <laughs> no boss. Or, or you're sick and you're forced to work and you know, <laughs> yep. it's like you're never happy when it comes to work. Um but uh Oscars. So yes. going into this year, uh this year's Oscars, I realized that I watched very few of the like big films, the 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 upper echelon best picture movies. Me as well. And December is usually when I watch those films. And I honestly feel I think I know every year like there's I mean I know like what two years three years ago was twelve years of slave, but this year like a lot of the movies were depressing. Even Lion, which was going to be very uplifting and and beautiful, I feel like you have to go through a lot of the depressing part of the film to get to the. Yeah, there were like two best picture nominees that weren't depressing movies. Yeah, I mean those are the La two La I watched. Land, I, yeah, well, even La La Land made me cry. So. Well, yeah, La La Land did did make me cry. Um, La La Land was like all the feels. Yeah, <laughs> all the feels. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, basically I'll go see anything that's got Emma Stone in it and because hidden figures was about NASA and specifically about the female computers at NASA that kind of, it's kind of an untold story. And it's one that I was aware of prior to knowing about the movie. Um, but to get to see that story play out, like, I don't know, it just warmed my heart. How are you aware of it? I wasn't going to go see it until you had that extra ticket and you brought me along. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was blown away. Yeah. Oh, I was, not only is it probably my favorite movie of the year, even more so than La La Land, I remember going into it being like, I want to leave here feeling inspired, empowered. And I left feeling empowered. It was such a great, I mean, a little disnified, but it was, you know, it was good. Um, I knew about those ladies because, A, I grew up wanting to be an astronomer. And I was super into NASA growing up as a kid. And my dad um, was a nuclear engineer, and mm-hmm. and he was very brainy, and he was very much a fan of NASA and the work that NASA did. You know, he grew up watching the space race. He grew up, you know, right at that time when we were making all those leaps. And so he was very in tune with all that stuff anyway, and he was just a very researched kind of 
person. My dad was definitely a bookworm type. And so he read everything he could ever read about the space race and about NASA. In turn, as a child who was interested in astronomy and, and I was obsessed with the space shuttle as a kid, um, my dad and I had lots of talks about that stuff. And I actually asked him where uh, the term computer comes from. For you computers. and I had this conversation yeah. <laughs> after the movie. I had no idea what an actual computer yeah. came from. And, and my dad said, well, it's, it, it's from computing and it's an old math term. And it was referenced oftentimes in NASA to people who did computing. They were known as computers. And then when the machines took over, the machines adopted the name of computer. Uh, all from computing, like on your calculator. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ledger yeah. So um, through those discussions, we, we talked about. But he actually uh, learned about ways. it from a book because the thing that shocks me the most is that in basic American history, that that's not included, like that, not even a footnote in the story, you know? Yeah. And it's the, it's the piece that like the right stuff just didn't talk about. Yeah. And actually that was when my dad first brought it up to me. He's like, there were a lot of people not mentioned in this, this particular project here. He's like, yeah, those guys were great, but there was a whole support team beneath them. And that's when I kind of learned about the inner workings of NASA and how things operate. So. And I believe I read that it was actually true that, John Glenn, I'm correct, right? The name, mm-hmm. yes. Um, actually, refused to um, go off to liftoff without confirming with the girl, as he called her. Uh, I, I looked into that a bit when I wrote the review for the movie. Oh yeah, and yeah. that was actually the one part of the film that they took the biggest liberty with. Oh, um, because even the computers at the time, the 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 IBM and the humans couldn't do those calculations in a matter of a couple of hours. And they were actually doing those confirmations several days ahead. Um, um, way to make but, the white man look good. But John Glenn <laughs> being John Glenn um, and, and his affinity for the computers, for the, the ladies was true. Oh, okay. So That's they took good. a little bit of liberties All with right. how they represented that. But um, whether he like put the foot down and said, I'm not going to go till she's confirmed the computer, like that's one of those things right, that yeah. may or may not have been true. All but, right. um, you know, you got to dramatize for a film, you got to compress time, you got to figure out ways to build drama. So I, I kind of like, uh, I'll, I'll let that one slide, you know. I think with, yeah. Um, yeah. The thing for me, um, is it isn't is it it is it even about those ladies doing the math for that stuff? It was the end cards. It was the discussions on how they m- progressed f- women and women of color forward even beyond that moment that was represented in the film. They are so instrumental in so many things advancing forward for for women and, and women of color. Like it's just. And how they worked on Incredible. from the inside. I love the argument that um, Janelle Monet has with her uh, her husband. Mm-hmm. Not is it, oh yes, he is the supporting actor winner. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name because I'll butcher it and sound really <laughs> white. Um, but I love the argument they had that it was like sometimes you can advance from the inside, not just from the outside. And I think that that you know is very important. Really yeah. interesting. Sometimes you can be really angry and aggressive to make things advance, and sometimes you can you can. Advance by leading right. on the inside. And I, you do I, it where you can. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting into Oscar night, um, do we want to start off with the big flub? Do we want to start off from the beginning? Uh, let, let's talk about the flub first, because that was 
That was the unavoidable thing. Like, <laughs> I'm working, and it's all I'm hearing about. And oh yeah, you know, yeah. I got the text. I was like, "What? What happened?" <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And actually, it's it's funny because I did manage to stream momentarily on my phone. I was streaming um, Emma, um, not, uh, yeah, Emma Stone. Emma Stone winning her award. And I was like, oh, great. You know, I was super happy because, yeah. like, I love that woman. And, like, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm, I knew it. I knew she'd win because La La Land's amazing. And then I was like, I got to shut this off and get back to what I'm doing. And I shut it off. And then, like, minutes later, I'm getting messages like, holy shit, did you see what just happened? I'm like, what? No, I <laughs> didn't. Damn it. <laughs> I'm like, well, the time's to turn it off. This like, is the part where you tell me what happened. Like, just moments shy. I, I missed that that whole bit, but I got to watch it today. And wow, Warren yeah. Beatty, man, he was so confused. <laughs> well, uh, but he here's the I, I think yeah, he was confused. But if anything, I think fate. Uh, Faye Dunaway is the she one who's... She's the one that effed it she's up. She's the one that... Yeah, she was just like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. La La Land. Like, she didn't even read the whole card. She just looked for the name. And uh, the way um, <laughs> the guy from La La Land so kind of, in a way, aggressively was like, no, Moonlight one. See, look. Oh, absolutely. I, that was... I thought that was fascinating, just yeah. his reaction. You know, a little bit of like how, you know, I mean, I think he was probably a little bit like upset, but at the same time happy and feeling the injustice of it. But it was it was an interesting reaction. Well, it's, sure. it's got to be a weird position to be put into because it's also it's also this weird thing. If you looked at the dynamic after they after both films were on stage. Yeah. It's like the white movie and the colored movie, you know, and and after everything that happened last year. With all the discussion about the Oscars being so white Hashtag and so whatever, white. Um, for them to goof that particular... Oh, yeah. And one female executive producer, too. So it was yeah, color it, and female. You know, yeah, and it's like know. To, to have that be the moment that they messed up mm-hmm. was pretty substantial, you know? Um, so how much weight do you guys put into the, like, I guess you can call it conspiracy theory, that this was a stunt done on purpose? Uh, I don't know. I was reading around the other day and what I was reading was the, what, what happens is they have, they have the envelopes on both sides of the stage. Oh, they have duplicates. They have duplicates. So so when one is opened on stage, the other one that wasn't brought up gets opened. And so that's how they make sure that they don't duplicate. But what I was reading is the one guy on the one side of the stage. Right, the actually, one that was tweeting and texting. He was tweeting, yeah. and he he forgot to open the envelope that he was supposed to open, and that's the envelope that ended up getting into Warren Beatty's hands. So that I- sounds, in today's day and age, super credible. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I, work, I work shows. I work these kinds of events all the time, and you see it with meeting planners, and you see it with... Um, guys who are going to be speaking and whatever, like right before they go on stage or the people who are working on stage sometimes get lost in the little things they're doing on their phone. We all get lost in the things we're doing on our phone. And I could see that totally happening. Yeah, I don't really blame the guy. I do wonder why if because they have, you know, it's called a rehearsal. They, they have a schedule. They know who's coming out what side. Why do they even have duplicates? Um, I mean, I do know why, because the just in case, for some reason, somebody's yeah. not where they're case supposed to be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, 
look, when I was younger, I bought into like every conspiracy theory on the planet. Um, the problem for me with conspiracy theories is once you start jumping down the idea that, that so those things are things people are doing, then everything is warranted to be a conspiracy. Like, that's a good point. That's a you good know, point. And having been on the other side of that table now, working with the film awards here in San Diego and listening to people complain and hearing the arguments, you know, I've had them directed at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard it. I've heard the arguments directed at me. Well, he does so much stuff and, and intellectual entertainment, you know, sponsors events and whatnot. Well, of course he's being nominated for stuff. And it's like, no. A, it's, that's just not fucking true. <laughs> you know, I don't get nominated for stuff because I volunteer time to help out. And you're not the only one. Like Everyone together, who helps you know? the consortium are part of the community. That's why people help. Exactly. Exactly. And who's going to, who's going to put together an award show for our industry if not people from our industry? Exactly. Yeah. Who's going to put on events like Film Week for people in our industry if not people in our industry? And if you're so bent out of shape that other people are getting nominated for stuff and they're volunteering for things, then maybe you should come volunteer for stuff. Find out what the fuck you're talking about. You know, and then and then you can come and, and, and argue about whether or not somebody got favoritism or not for helping out. But if you're just sitting on the sidelines and you're bitching, you're, you're playing, you know, backseat driver, get off your fucking ass and come help out and see how much work all these volunteers put into these events and vice versa. When you get to the Oscars, how much work all those paid people are putting into their events and how many variables there are to get these things to even flow halfway decently so that the experience is good for the people who are receiving things and are getting nominations and are uh, getting awards. It's a lot of damn work. Yes. Which is why I think it was unfair for the photographer who caught a picture of the accountant to, to post it, to expose it. I don't think you need to put a face to this guy's name. I mean, the account, you know, the company, he's no longer to be working with the Oscars. They didn't fire him. I don't think he should have deserved to be fired. You know, like, you are working behind, you know, behind the scenes and you happen to have a chance to take, you know, some Twitter photos or some pictures of like, of course you're going to do that. That's like the one perk. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, it's the one perk. <laughs> that guy doesn't get paid extra to show up and work the Oscar show. He, he, he makes his salary at PricewaterhouseCoopers doing the work that he does there. I guarantee you he doesn't get paid extra for all the effort that they put into doing the Oscar show. It's just part of the job. And yes, one of the perks is he gets to stand backstage with a bunch of you know, incredibly famous people. And I'm sorry, Emma, Emma Stone goes walking past me. I'm going to stop and take a picture. I'm going to tweet it out. Like, <laughs> look at me. Look where I am. It's what I'm going to do, you know? And I work in this damn business, you know? I did love how Kimmel took the opportunity to say, now uh, Steve Harvey's off the hook. Did I thought you, that was did, just well done. I blame Steve Harvey. He said, did you, read, did you read about Steve Harvey's tweet the next morning? No, what did he say? <laughs> he wrote... Went to bed early last night. <laughs> what I miss? Hello, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harvey. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found the whole the whole thing fascinating. A, just how much people were like, "Whoa, you can't believe what just happened," you know. Um, but I don't buy into it being a conspiracy theory. A, because Hollywood people don't like egg on their face. No, they just don't, <laughs> you know, and that's a huge bit of egg on the face. And and it's egg on two iconic, classic Hollywood 
uh, actors. That's true. That's you, you would big. not do that to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And it's egg on the face of all the La La Land people who were giving speeches. Right. It may, the third whether, guy probably didn't need to give say anything because he already knew at that point. But because he was like, "Oh, by the way, we lost." Like, well, I got, but, I got the but, but let me thank my mom and dad first. I, I think did. I think he heard the discussion yeah. behind him. But but it, it's it's an uncomfortable situation to put all of these people who who build their careers around their public personas and around their mm-hmm. public face. It, it it doesn't scream of the type of thing you would do for a stunt. There's a lot of things you would do for a stunt to build the publicity of your show. Making your people on stage look like idiots would not be one of them. And I believe, as it turned out, ratings were uh, at the lowest in the past five years. So, Well, yeah, because all the right-wingers didn't watch. Oh, so it's not because they didn't stream it to everybody who doesn't have a TV. <laughs> <laughs> everybody who thinks Meryl Streep's so overrated didn't watch. That's Can we talk about the subtle Trump stabs? Because I thought a lot of them were perfectly indirect. Yeah, Kimmel was really good. He was very... I mean, they were, you know, if you've been following anything at all, they were very obvious, but they were also very subtle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he even threw, until, he threw he a subtle Scientology thing, and I loved that. Um, <laughs> to, to Mel Gibson. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Because he's, you know, I mean. <laughs> um, so Christian. Yeah. But the whole the whole thing with the, the Trump jokes, I, I thought they were appropriately done. They were they were well-timed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fit right in with Kimmel's usual shtick. Um, but for me, the highlight of the night, jokes wise, was all the Matt Damon stuff. Yeah, I liked it. I, I didn't. I didn't. I liked all of it. I didn't love like the, where he's sitting there reviewing his film. Everything else, I thought was great. I, I would have liked to maybe. But you only watched clips stage. of the night. Yeah, that's true. So you didn't see the whole night. You're right. So all the through the night, yeah. actors were doing these clip bits. Oh, so, you know, it was it was a continual thing all night where like Seth Rogen was sitting in a chair in that little theater watching Back to the Future and talking about how influential Michael J. Fox's performance in Back to the Future was was to his career. Yes. And it was it was like a whole bunch of those spread throughout the night. And then it culminated with Kimmel sitting in there. Watching We Bought a Zoo Zoo. (laughs) and talking about how great it was that he sat in a theater all alone because it was an empty theater. It was just him and Matt and a bunch of animals. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Matt worked very hard with very little talent. You know, it was like it was was so funny. And then the whole the whole playing Matt off when he was presenting. Oh, that was great. (laughs) I loved that. Priceless. Oh, it's just that it's probably like the longest running joke now in Hollywood history. The Kimmel Matt. It's hilarious. It's so good. Well, was it last year that he came out um, when Jimmy when Jimmy was up for best host or something? But it. He came out afterwards, after Jimmy lost to John Oliver, going, "Hey, I missed it. Who won?" <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Did you Did you see the episode of Kimmel when uh, Matt Damon Matt, when he took uh, control of the show? Yes. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> that. I, I think it's fantastic. The whole running gag thing is just. I when, love uh, how when he, Affleck snuck him on. <laughs> yes, I love how he says too. He's like, "Yeah, the most uh, like our highest rated, biggest streamed." Thing that started the whole stunt to begin with, well, kind of, well, yeah, after him bumping him from stage was the, I'm bleeping Matt Damon. I'm fucking Matt David, um, which he had nothing to do with. So that's kind of great. Yep. <laughs> and it's still, I still enjoy watching it. Yeah. And I enjoyed when they, when they announced them coming out, you know, uh, two time Oscar right? winner, Ben Affleck 
and guest. And guest. Oh. <laughs> So good. <laughs> I'll have to go and watch that because I didn't see that. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's it's so, so funny. That's actually why I was going to look forward to the Oscars this year is because I do like Jimmy Kimmel and I knew it would, there would be so much of the Matt Damon stuff and <laughs> that he wouldn't be too much, no offense, Jimmy Fallon, too much of a suck up. <laughs> well, that's Jimmy Fallon's shtick. No, and that is. He's such great. a suck up. Yeah, which is fine. But I think it's I wearing like thin because his ratings have been dropping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of lefties who can't forgive uh, Fallon for being such a suck up to Donald Trump when he was on the show. So yeah, <laughs> it yeah. bites you both ways. That's true. Um, opening opening number, I thought it was great having JT uh, singing the song from Trolls um, and, and doing that walk through the co- sorry Dolby Theater. It's always going to be the Kodak Theater to me, even though Kodak's like no longer. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, doing that whole number, walking through through the the audience and everything, I thought that was just a lot of fun, um, and I thought it was a, a great energetic way to start the Oscars. I don't think you'll ever beat the Billy Crystal days oh. when he did all the parodies of the different this films. Stuff, I know those were so much fun, but that was Billy Crystal's thing. Yeah, and he's probably Jimmy the best. Kimmel. Uh, he's fun. He does his skits on his show and stuff. But I thought it was a I thought it was a good choice to do a very upbeat number from one of the films from no other than Justin Timberlake, who did the music in the movie, and I think was the voice of the lead character in Trolls. Um, I thought it was a great way to, to start the night. I like the mic toss. Yeah, that's <laughs> Mike Toss. And, and then the whole bit between him and Kimmel, too, was really funny. All about Ellen and Seek lending him back yeah. into the band. Yep. Yeah, that's revisionist history. Uh, yeah. Well, and also, I will say, I really enjoyed, sorry, Ryan Gosling, but I really enjoyed hearing um, the La La Land, uh, the mix up. The mashup um, from John Legend because he his voice is just extraordinary and yeah that was a good that was a good bit. I did yeah, not I, watch them in memoriam though. Did you? Man, I was in tears. Yeah. Um, you know I'm 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 in an emotional state anyway because well, I'm still I'm still recovering from my mom dying. Um, so sitting there and watching it today. Oh, I'm sure. Know, and, well, I was just in, I was I was literally I had tears streaming down my face and my sister walked in the room. She's like, "Oh, I'll be back." <laughs> She's like, I watched this last weekend. I, I I'll be back. I didn't get a chance to watch any of the Oscars, so it's like then clip. Um, but like they they threw in Bill Paxton, which had just happened that day. Yeah, well, day before, but yeah, was it the day before? Okay, yeah, he he, he died on Saturday. Oh, okay. the news went out right, Sunday. Right, right, but um, yeah, watching Jennifer Aniston try and intro the the memoriam video. Um, and she was she was getting choked up. Um, she mentioned that he passed away the day before, and she started to lose it. Um, Sixty-one. Yeah, same age as my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. It. Um, uh, I it highly hard. speaking to go off of that. I do highly recommend everyone watch the um, the Debbie Reynolds Carrie Fisher documentary. Um, I believe it's on HBO. HBO, thank yeah. you. And it's it's just it's first of all as as a in, a, in the mother dy- mother daughter dynamic, I think is it's extraordinary. The whole you can see how Debbie's always trying to still be on in show business, and Carrie Fisher's trying to do like a deep dive into their like relation. It's just it's so good, and um, they were the most fascinating mother daughter dynamic in Hollywood. Yeah. Crazy, very yeah, yeah. Um, and 
if you've followed their dynamic for any number of years, the fact that they went one day after the other, um, I'm thoroughly convinced that Demi Reynolds' heart was just broken. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember sitting in the morning of talking to my mom about, and she was like, I just can't imagine how Debbie Reynolds feels to lose your daughter, to, to outlive your own daughter. And then, you know, a day later, but yeah. So watch it, <laughs> watch it, Mike. <laughs> um, there's also a one woman, um, show on HBO that, uh, Carrie Fisher did from a few years back. Yeah. Um, but it's hilarious Is and it? it's all about, her and her life growing up under her mother and her father and it's it's really funny i can't remember the name of it but um but yes. uh, yeah you definitely need to watch it both of the carrie fisher things that are on hbo are worth 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 streaming um if you got the hbo apps they're available there and if not you can always watch this year's best documentary best documentary feature oj made in america that's right <laughs> which is the netflix uh the espn um, series. It's on Netflix. I've watched that as well. It's really good. I think it's actually probably better in the sense that it's more insightful than what um, uh, what's his name's uh, OJ Simpson, the other one with Marsha. The series? No, I'm not going to help me out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because there was two that are going on simultaneously. American uh, Crime Story, the OJ Simpson tra- trial, which was the narrative series, and then the ESPN documentary. OJ Made in America. The ESPN documentary is really good because you get a lot of interviews from his childhood friends um, about that transition from kind of the streets and the gangs of San Francisco to getting into USC and basically how he formulated that kind of the psyche of becoming white in his head or kind of, you know, Hmm. escaping his own blackness. Right. Um, So... I highly recommend it. That was a shoe in to win, and it did win. <laughs> nice. Were there any surprises for you in the night? Any surprises? Um, I surprised um, only that um, they're continuing this trend of splitting the best director, best picture winners. They did it last year, and that was like only the fifth time in Oscar history with uh, Spotlight and uh, the one with the bear. Um, the Revenant. Rev- yeah, that one. Um, clearly, I, I watched it. Um, this year, it was La La Land went to Damien Chazelle. Best Picture went to Moonlight. I think it's a very political, a PC way to... Uh, for. I have a feeling this is going to be a future trend. Did, did you see a lot of the photos and the tweets afterwards of during, after the flop, reactions of stars? No. Both in the audience and on stage? Mm. They're yeah. hilarious. One run, Gosling's trying to hold back a laugh. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I, Emma, I saw Emma Stone, Emma Stone mouthing, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> but the best one I saw was a meme with Damien Chazelle. And it's just a face, just a just a shocked face. And the meme said something like, this is where a super villain, villain is. <laughs> 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 totally. That moment, totally that. that moment when a super villain is created. Yeah, that one was funny. He's just like in the background while the yeah. guys are... And then Meryl Streep's just like in awe and trying to cry, like she's crying and it's like so (laughs) over dramatic, but it's her. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Damon does some stuff too. He's just, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of the photos that people are just in awe of what's going on. Uh, They're they're great to look at. Yeah. 
I'm sure. I'm sure it was a sober. I'm sure a lot of people got sober at that moment. Like, oh, wow, this is an exciting show. <laughs> no, I hate to bang on it. I love the Oscars. I enjoyed the parachutes of candy. Oh, I thought night. that was adorable. Yeah. I love Taraj uh, P. Henson's reaction to it. That was How so excited cute. she was. She was like, yeah. <laughs> Donuts. So good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she probably start like I'm super hungry in this tight ass dress. Um. But yeah, I also, uh, so I don't think any of uh, Jimmy Kimmel's jokes came off racist. That was one of the articles that I, titles that I had read, because I just skimmed the titles and didn't actually read the articles. Mm, like in <laughs> fantastic internet fashion. I know, exactly. <laughs> My other one, which I already told you about that had me, I was so frustrated by, was there was, someone said, Oscar, the, uh, what happened last night reminded me of the, of the Oscars of 05, Brokeback Mountain losing to crash and it made me so mad because i don't first of all i don't know which one this person was considering to be the brokeback mountain of the two but neither were the crash of the two first off (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there was a clear winner ahead although that's not fair to me for me to judge because i'm zooming light um but yeah that bothered i mean i don't think that that was anything to do with it because i think that the film that was supposed to win won um i think it would have been you know Want want if Lala had won, like it, you know, I mean, it'd been great and happy, but like it's, it's definitely a Hollywood. Both of those movies won a lot of awards yeah, through the night, exactly. Um, and going into the night, I mean, I said it when I watched La La Land in December that I thought La La Land would like just take home almost everything. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised when I saw all the nominations. I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that it didn't take home Best Picture, considering See, considering the Best Director, um, considering Best Actress. Um, it, it just, it was, a, it was a surprise for me. Like, for me, like... But it didn't it was get nominated for SAG, and SAG's a big, often a big predictor of... Who wins it? Which I think is an interesting. For me, like I haven't seen any of the other films. Um, La La Land was great, but I don't know if it deserved Best Picture. It was wonderful, but it was it's, it's just a nostalgic factor. Well, I guess that comes down to a question of what do you consider the criteria for Best Picture? Right. It like the music was phenomenal, the acting was great, all that. Because on um, top of anything else, like, like. Allie was pointing out so many of the movies nominated for best picture this year were just fucking down. Depressing. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, yeah, okay. I get, I get films. I'm, look, I like making downer pictures. Like, you know, Jody's <laughs> always on my ass that all the movies I make are make sad. a comedy. Damn it. You know, go back to making comedies. You're funny when you make comedies. It's like, I, I enjoy making comedies, but I also really, I just love the work working with the actors to make the drops. Yep. Like I, I, for me as a director, that's when I, I feel kind of the most joy as a director is, is pulling performances out of an actor to, to make people feel stuff. Yes. You know, the vice versa to that comedy's great, but I don't think for me as a filmmaker, as a director, I feel less in charge of the comedy. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Right. The comedy is so much about, the editor's pacing on the edit, the musician's pacing on the music. Actor's and timing. The actor's timing. And the actor's, and improv. And, and all the actor's the, ti- yeah. yeah, and the actors bring something completely different to comedy. I, I don't think you can direct comedy the way you direct dramas, the way you direct um, 
Well, look at look, feel good movies. Well, look at a lot of the comedy direct art comedy actors are their own directors mm-hmm. for that reason also. Right. Seth Rogen, Adam Mel Sandler, Brooks. Mel Brooks. Yeah. They were the because they can act on it and they can improv and do whatever they want, but they're the the brilliant mind behind it also. Mm-hmm. So so you know from that that token, I don't think we'll I, I don't think we'll ever see a comedy win Best Picture. I just don't. But I don't think. Because a movie's nostalgic, because a movie's a feel-good movie, I don't think that that should be like the write-off. Like, right. Oh, I don't think it know. is a write-off. I think it's. An, but I, I did think hear it's that an, from a lot of people. Yes. No, you know? and you're well, right. Look at look at look at the year that um. The oh artist. My God, I'm bl- yes, thank you. The artist. Mm-hmm. Black and white, no sound. That one because hey, it's a flashback to an old silent film. Mm-hmm. This is back to the old musical, but days, like, which I love. This was, well, but this I was love a the modernity of this musical. That's what I loved. Yes. It, it had the old traditionality of kind of a scene brings you to your feet, brings you into song moment, but it was so modern in its yeah. in the choreography, in the situations. And how it ended. Oh, God. The ending was great. That's the ending was part. not a Hollywood ending. No. No. It, well, you know what? I will give you that. It was that. That was. That yeah. was not a Hollywood ending. And it was so beautifully acted by Emma Stone, mm-hmm. who didn't say a word mm-hmm. in that final scene. And that whole situation of her in that final scene just sat with me for days afterwards because of the, the truth of that moment, yep. the, the, the reality of how their relationship grew, expanded, and finished and that moment of re-encountering somebody that you had something so important in your well, life how things could later, have been different, you know, certain choices and, in, in, you know, yeah, and that, that whole flash through mm-hmm. where they went through what could have been. Yeah. You know, if things had happened just slightly differently, you know, is yeah. like, although I will say that, that kid was awfully old for only having been five years. I was a little like, wait, okay. So she went and I she became famous. She got, she got she engaged, had a, had right a baby. Away. The baby's like two years old now and it's yeah. only been five years. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, aside from that little bit, but I just, I just found the ending of that movie so satisfying. Oh, absolutely. And so different. So I think the real question is, what was it about? I think, I think Moonlight, arguably just from what I've seen from photos, probably had equally as good a cinematography. I think it comes down to the story. And while I think La La Land was a beautiful story, and I do think that they strayed from the Hollywood formula by changing the ending, I do think the story, as as great as it is, as much as it appeals to us, and especially us who are freelancers, who are dreamers, who are artists, I think there's something about the Moonlight story, especially the, the, you know, the parts that are based off true, you know, true story and just... It's an un, it's an undernominated story. That kind of story. I mean, not a lot of Spike Lee movies get nominated for telling those stories about you know, drug addicts and drug dealers and, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. Well, uh, and I had this. I've had this argument for years because I also got pissed when Moulin Rouge didn't win. Oh, when what did it, it lose to? It lost a fucking beautiful mind. Um, which was a paint by numbers Oscar winning film. And that's the thing that drives me nuts is these movies that are clearly made to be award winning films like that drives me just bad. Well, that's, that's, (laughs) I, I've never liked the Oscars. 
Because one, it's not my style of film. A lot of it's the artsy kind mm-hmm. of, which is horrible to say for a cinematographer and a filmmaker. <laughs> but it's yeah. not my kind of film. They're always the ones that will, let's release it in December. So it's up for all these nominations. And to me, it was the year that No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood came out. Mm. Hated both of those movies. They were awful. And also um, the assassination of Jesse James oh, by the God. coward. What, what, the yeah, three hours of my year. life I slept through. Yeah. But they were, they're all, all, they're all these movies that just are not my style. You know, I, I, I've said it before, I've said it again. I'm an action movie. I'm a, I love that stuff. I've, as long as I'm entertained by any movie, it can be artsy, it can be whatever, I'm great. Mm-hmm. But that's why I, don't see, I haven't seen any of these movies. It's because I'm not going to go pay 20 bucks in a theater to go see it. Yeah. It's going to be a big blockbuster IMAX movie or, in the case of La La Land, or for me, it's animation. Right. By, That's by the what way, I see in theaters. The artsy movies can cost you six dollars. It's the animation, the action ones that end up costing so much to see it in IMAX. Just Not saying. always. Just true. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Logan tonight. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> Here's the thing for me as a filmmaker, I recognize the dramas being great for the director and the actor, and you know, cinematography is one thing. I would argue crafting a complete an emotionally impactful musical is a much more difficult task absolutely than crafting a drama about drug addicts a drama about nasa <laughs> to pull the feels out of a musical especially in a time where people just don't buy don't into it buy into that when people will be like oh it's a musical format. i'm not gonna see it yeah you get that all the time mm-hmm. to craft a musical that has such an impact that so many people were like oh my god you gotta see this movie that to me is best picture when you overcome all the odds to actually get butts in seats to watch your movie and it's a movie that nobody thought you should make nobody thought he should make that movie he struggled to get the financing. He got the money from China, from a TV Same station happened with, in China. happened with the artist. You know? Yes, exactly. That, to me... The, the difference with the artist is that the actors are relatively unknown. Which I love. Which I also loved, whereas these were... Love them, but appearing we know very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it it's... Um, I, I just... I find the whole process of making a musical much more complicated than making the dramas. Having made a musical, having made the dramas, like crafting a good musical takes so much more. I can see that. Um, I mean, the truth is it's hard to argue against that. You know, and for me, Best Picture should be the film that worked the fucking hardest (laughs) to put butts in seats Mm. on a a complete picture. I think it... In the end, it needs to be the whole completed story, visuals, sound, story, story. That's what it decides it, not who worked the hardest to get it there. It's well, whether the it's story- saying it still has to be excellent. I'm not, well, yeah. you know, I'm not, I mean, I mean, it's an added criteria, you know. Um, but like, I mean, if you want to get into the technical aspects of what's more complicated, making Rogue One is probably more complicated than making any of the rest. I don't, and you know, no, and I don't think it's um, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's about what's more complicated. I think, but I think he should be. But of the, the films the that were nominated, of the films that did mm-hmm. get nominated, I look at them, and I looked at 
the summaries of each movie and I didn't obviously I didn't watch all of them, but of the movies that I saw and of the things that I know of the films that were made, I just still very much feel like La La Land was the one that took the most, the most cohesive effort to make a successful film of those movies and, and the most, the most bravery, the most, uh, the most skill to do, to do well. That's, that's my opinion. Right. And it's your opinion based on having not seen Moonlight either. Right. Right. So, I mean, I agree with you and I would have been very happy if La La Land won. But I've also seen a gajillion movies about drug addicts and, and recovery and, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. It's, it's not. Well, do you, you have know. any, do you have any more interest in seeing it now that it's one? Moonlight? Just to see, just out of curiosity to see what, um, why, if it was just straight up politically, a political win or if there was something more to it. Well, I'm not, I'm not ever going to say it's a political win. I didn't say that. Uh, and, and I don't think, um, it, I don't, and I, do and I, don't, people, I don't mean, sorry, I don't mean, um, I meant like Hollywood politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. Well, and there's, there, there is the, I've, I've, there is the Oscar so white thing too. Right. Like way. that, that's more what I'm yeah. referring um, to. So I won't, I won't, as a person of some color myself, I won't go there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes and no. I'm, I'm interested and I'm not interested. And part of this too is my own thing. I'm a recovering drug addict. Right. Of I'm a recovering no, I get alcoholic. Yeah. And I just don't want to watch those movies. No. You I know. get it. So there's a certain amount of that too. Oh, yeah. Like, I just don't want to see it. But, I just think um, there's something interesting about the fact that so few people have seen Moonlight. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know, like so few people watched it. Yeah. You know. So how do we know? Um, and we know a lot of actors in this business who get the screeners, and I didn't hear any of them talking about that movie. Oh, really? Hmm? Nobody in that group of people that I know who get those screeners were like, hey, I watched Moonlight, man. That movie's amazing. Nobody. I didn't hear that from anybody. Well, we also, but we don't know if anyone you know? got to see those screeners. I mean, they're all voting members of the Academy. So oh, you know. okay. Well, there you go. There you go. But I heard them talk about La La Land. I heard them talk about Hidden Figures. I heard them talk about a couple of the others. Um, but Moonlight never came up in conversation. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know. And you won't go to the political thing. <laughs> I won't go to the political thing. I'm just saying that of the people I know. Right, I know. It's not the movie that stood out. So why do so, you think it won then? Now, the Academy is a huge number of people. Mm. And also not... A lot of them are from San Diego. So most of the people I know are San Diegans. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? So their tastes may not match most of the Hollywood elite who are doing the voting. But I don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any other disappointments? Um, yeah. F- fucking Star Trek didn't win yeah. for makeup. <laughs> fucking Suicide, Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. I did see a side by side picture of, of like some, one of the row one characters makeup and then, you know, Harley Quinn. And it was yeah. good, but it wasn't definitely not better than Star Trek. Yeah, look, Harley Quinn was fine. Uh, the Joker, I mean, you could argue that it's a good interpretation or a bad interpretation, but it's decent makeup. Nah, it wasn't in it. Killer much. Croc. 
you know, honestly, I wasn't impressed. I mean, that Killer Croc's the most complicated piece of makeup in that movie. Yeah. And there was nothing about Killer Croc that made me go, damn, that's, that's fantastic. You know? Right. You go and watch Star Trek, there's 57 different alien species represented, and they all look incredible. Giant shell heads and, like, little people with, like, weird things and... You know, I was blown was away. Was it Star when Trek or Rogue Star One? It was Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh, it was Star Trek. Oh, I was okay. blown away when I watched Star Trek by the makeup. I I, I was absolutely floored by it. I, I thought for sure when I watched the movie, this is going to win makeup. This is incredible. The the amount of work, the amount of detail across the board, so many variations in the makeup, and all of it really well done. And one movie with like three characters and kind of heavy makeup. Four, arguably, and only one of those is, you know, Killer Croc. Yeah. That beats out Star Trek. Again, where's the... Logic, I don't Logic know. in that, and where's the... the What makes the good makeup award, you yep. know, like Best Picture? Yep. Who worked harder, you know, and who did a, a more consistent, high-quality effort <laughs> through the film? I mean, Star Trek just... I'm sorry, it just killed Suicide Squad in that. I don't get it. I don't get that mm-hmm. one at all. That that was a huge upset for me. For, for me, I've huge got... Upset. I've had, that's, that's one category, but I've got a couple other... Um, best visual effects. Hello, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange should have won. Wait, who won? Jungle Book, which was great. Mm-hmm. It was good. They did a great job with it. I'm not putting that down at all. But if you saw Doctor Strange Again. and all that folded around in the 3D and dear flawless, God could not have done that movie ten years ago. Probably. No, you couldn't Absolutely. have done that movie five years yeah, ago. Yeah, for sure, it was yeah. flawless um, in its execution and and I don't know. I, those were two. Those were the two like most baffling ones for me. And the other one for me was um, best animated. Um, I thought it was gonna be Moana. Zootopia yeah. versus, and this also happened with. Um, Let it go. No, no, um, <laughs> no, no, not, not Oscars. What? What's the last? Is it Golden Globes? Uh, Golden Globes. Globes, sure. Best animated. Um, Zootopia won again. Yes. Um, Zootopia was good, but Moana, the animation is freaking phenomenal. Well, and the music and that, and the too. music, the story, everything. I get the underlying story of Zootopia. Race and all that mm. stuff. That's why it won. That's why it's won. Better than... If you compare more, the two of them in terms of effort, they're about the same. Moana has way more animation than... But... It has way more animation, but animating fuzzy rabbits and stuff and making them look believable is quite a feat. Try water um, and hair. And it, it's... I, you I, haven't seen it. You I, still I, need to see it. Well, I've seen... I've seen yeah, a lot of it, not all of it, but I did watch oh. all of Zootopia and Zootopia is a really, really good movie. And on top of that, it's a really good script. Yeah. Um, and I think, look, I, I haven't seen all of Moana, but I cried watching what I have seen mm-hmm. because I saw my, Your my, mom. well, I saw my mom and I saw my people represented on screen. Right. And it means a lot to me to see that i even talked about it in the intellectual talk show this week Mm. um you know the impact of seeing moana 
was very, very strong for me. But I knew walking out of Zootopia that Zootopia was going to yeah. win this year. So that really? wasn't a big surprise for me. I, I, <laughs> I walked out of that movie and I went, this is that's the movie. This is the movie that's going to win because this is the script that you know both. is so different from the rest. And then the other the other category that both happened at the Golden Globes in this, it was really tough to vote for. It was best original song mm. because La La Land is such an amazing soundtrack, but so does Moana. I thought, and I thought, I thought you were going to be upset about that too. Yeah. I'm not really upset, but it's like, how do you vote for that? Because they're both freaking amazing. Well, Although I listen to Moana soundtrack like every day for the last since November since it came yeah. out, I think I think the La La Land song was a real earworm. Yeah, <laughs> they're great, but I would argue my only argument, just to play devil's advocate, is that again, I I, I prefer great lyrics, great song. It matters who's singing it. Moana is recorded and it's great. The recordings that we get is of of Ryan Gosling, and quite no offense, I just. I don't love it as much. Like it's, I think it's a great song. They're great lyrics. It needs a better artist to sing them. Well, I think the Ryan Gosling version of the song is the film appropriate version of the song. Yes. You no. Know, and I, I'm all about them, the, them having not, you know, cause he's I a like struggling musician. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all that stuff, which means he's not supposed to be. That's true. John Legend, <laughs> you know. Well, um, he's a he's a pianist. He isn't necessarily a singer. Singer, true. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, no, I I I I wasn't surprised by the win there. I kind of knew you'd probably have a beef with it, Mike. Um, for song, or but the for, thing is, for, and you didn't the song, but you well, didn't, see. I didn't really. You I also didn't. didn't watch the performances on on the show. Did you Did you see the performances of the, all the different songs? Um. No, I just watched okay. the, the John girl, Legend the girl, one. The girl who does Moana's voice like, oh, sang freaking it freaking believable. And she got hit in the head. And I oh, saw all the song. She didn't and she kept on going. Yeah. She didn't flinch I, I comment, at all. I, I, I couldn't believe I, it. I posted that on Facebook. And I said, she, look, look at this time. She didn't even flinch. Yeah. Absolute pro. She's man. 16. It was amazing. I'd like to see her in the future. I That's said that sure. today. Watching that, watching, watching her on stage today, I was like, she just had the best audition in Hollywood you could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, seriously. Because she's adorable. She's got a great voice. She has a wonderful she's only 16, smile, and she's talk about um, professional. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think we'll see a lot more of her. Um, I hope we see a lot more of her. Because, um, because I thought I thought she was fantastic. Yep. Yep. Um, and the Rock's suit was. <laughs> Was it? I Ever- wish I could have that guy's sense of style. <laughs> I love The Rock. It's like a every, blue every, velvet. Everyone, everyone's got a crush on The it's Rock. like a blue purple velvet, man. <laughs> every, everyone, everyone loves The Rock. Dear God. I will say I do love it whenever a guy rocks a, a colored suit. I think, uh, what's his Note name? Note to self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She actually complimented I me I did. The other I love day his new blazers. I've been wearing all these new blazers. Yeah. All these I'm all stuff. about, I think there was something, listen, the only good thing about men in the fifties were their colored with their colored suits. The whole the black and brown. It's just it, I love it, especially blue suit, the maroon. That's pretty good. I know Ryan Gosling's done it a couple of times, and Andrew Garfield too. So, just goes to show they should be asking men about their clothes as much as the women. <laughs> Hashtag feminist moment. I'll keep that in mind for future red carpets. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the point where we're at a point here locally where we can go. What are you wearing? Coles. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. this is one of those things. There, there are designers in San Diego. 
you know, there, there are people who design and there are shops and there are places we could start going to. And, and, yeah. I mean, I know Jody has thing. someone, uh, who, who designs her dresses as well. And she always gives them a shout out. Like Rachel did my hair for film week. You know, it'd be nice to give yep, her a Rachel. shout out. Um, but at the same time, I think, um, I'd rather be on the red carpet asking them about their experience on what film they worked on and that than ask them about what they're wearing that evening. <coughs> Personally, if but I had the, the opportunity. The difficulty with a red carpet interview, though, is you only have... 30 seconds, maybe a minute. I, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's how much substance can you actually get into talking about somebody's project. You know? Well, and I don't think it's me subject. I think it's just that the people responding need to have rehearsed, nice, short, clipped responses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the long-winded, well, let me tell you the story from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was... Whitney and Keith Foster and I did the red carpet for the gala. For I watched film it. Week. Did you watch it? Well, not like live. The whole thing? The whole hour No, and a half? God, no, but I watched it for a while. If you look, I, I liked it like several times. I, I know. Was, yeah, I watched it afterwards. I couldn't sleep one night, so. Um, <laughs> that was really hard. It was hard to talk to people because, like you said, they, they, they hadn't thought through how to respond to questions, how to talk about their film in a short, succinct way. Um, and it, and, and some of them dragged on. Oh yeah. And I think and I, nothing against anybody who talked for a long oh, time. No. On, on and I think, carpet. I mean, you could tell clearly yeah. that you had the most experience as well. I mean, Whitney and Keith were great. Um, but you could see where, you know, I mean, yes, I do think it's a combination. It's on both sides. Absolutely. Whitney's, Whitney's, you know, she's only done like two carpets prior to that. Um, but she's doing really good. Oh yeah. Um, and Keith, uh, Keith, I don't think had any red carpet oh, experience prior yeah. to that night. And he, so. another, another, another wonderful man who wears the colored suits and bow ties. That man wears suits mm-hmm. like Ryan Seacrest, man. Like he, he's, oh yeah, he's gorgeous yeah. in his suits. Yes, good job. Ashley. <laughs> I'm envious of <laughs> Keith's suits, yes. like big time. Um, but uh, but no, it was a lot of fun doing that carpet with the two of them. Um, and and I I like that we're live streaming our carpets. Yeah, I, um, I, th- that. I think it's a lot of fun doing that. Uh, I think as we continue to do that and people start understanding that we're doing that. And Absolutely. Because people are going to want to see watch themselves. You can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did see some some people from those carpets like downloaded the video, cut out their little section oh, and, and oh. were posting on Facebook their little portions. I mean, and, listen, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's PR easy PR it for right. them. You yeah. know, and that's the whole reason why we do those carpets. Mm-hmm. And, um and look, somebody last year made some criticisms of the film awards here in San Diego, like, oh, fake it till you make it, blah, 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 blah. Don't they you know, make we're those just, comments every we're just, year? They, they do. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm specifically referencing last year. And here's, here's the thing for me. We are all up and comers. Our award show focuses heavily on short films mm-hmm. because that's the breeding ground of talent. And San Diego right now is a breeding ground of young, fresh, hot talent moving up. There were a lot more features submitted this year, which is fantastic. And it's a it's a trajectory we want to see our filmmakers heading in. But it's my belief, and I've, I've spoken about this with Jody, it's my belief that the film awards should stay focused on local short films as the primary 
source of what we give awards to. Because when we go into features, we should be competing against everybody else. We should be moving our features to try and get into the Oscars, to get into the Emmys, to get into all of those things. And I don't think we're there yet. And we're we're not there yet with our features, but that's where we want to go. And and so we'll, we'll always have a little bit of the feature film. But if we turn our award show over to San Diego features as the primary deal, mm-hmm. look, we're never going to have more than maybe a dozen feature films being made in town in a given year. No, and I don't think we you should know. necessarily focus one over the other. But we only have so much time for broadcast. Right, but I also so, think you know, we, we, only we have want, so much time people, to we want to encourage out. people to grow beyond. There's some really great shorts out there, but we want people to challenge themselves to, to take it a step further, to you know, dive deeper in the story to try for a feature because we're never going to move up as a community either if people don't take those and, chances. And beyond 40-hour competition. And I, beyond, love the, I love the 48, but it's, a lot it's, of them are so, much, it's so much what no, San Diego is. Here's, here's my argument about the, about the features, though. Everybody making a short film, that should be their goal, is moving to making a feature film. Winning awards as a, as a short filmmaker can lead you into making a feature film. So it's really important for us that we're giving people awards, that we're providing opportunities for our local filmmakers to have bragging rights, to have a pedigree Mm -hmm. that allows them to get to where they can make a feature. Once they make a feature, their feature should be competing on the grand stage. And winning a San Diego film award for your feature isn't going to give you the pedigree on that feature that it does for you as a short filmmaker. I just don't see that. I don't see that ever being the case because no, but I the do features, think it allows you more of a because the features need to be trying feature. to get into Sundance. They need to be trying to get into Santa Barbara. They need to be trying to get into Palm Springs. They need to be trying to get into Tribeca. Those are where the features need to be going. You need to be getting your premieres in big festivals, San Diego International Film Festival, San Diego Latino Film Festival. The big film festivals are where our features should be going. And they should be winning awards there. Those are the awards that are going to matter to the features for distribution, for everything else. Winning a San Diego Film Award, I don't think it's going to be that. Because they're only competing against San Diego filmmakers. And that's 12 films, you know, like in a given year. They're competing against a half dozen to 12 films. Maybe if we're lucky, we might have a year where we have 20 movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just never going to carry the weight. Well, which is why I don't think you need to worry so. about one replacing the other on the focus. I listen. I, I, I get where you're coming from. But, unfortunately, but I can't here's, argue but here's the point. very well. <laughs> the San Diego Film Awards. We focus on short films. We focus on people who are building their craft. Part of building our craft is also understanding how to conduct yourself in a public setting. Oh yeah. And having our film awards and having a red carpet at the film awards. And this is why I'm pushing for our red carpets to be more professional, to be more conducted in a televised format. Mm -hmm. I want to provide opportunities for our filmmakers to practice being award recipients, to practice those rehearsed responses to questions. How do you conduct yourself on a red carpet? Where do you position yourself to the camera? <laughs> you yeah, know, that's how true. do you work with the person asking you questions? Those are those are skills. Yeah, even holding those are the things mic. you only. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are things you only learn by doing. And you can't throw any actor into that, right? So, let alone people who are crew, yeah, <laughs> who right, purposely you know, stay it, behind the camera, <laughs> right? Oh, that I've said. <laughs> so, look, our film awards are as much an opportunity for our local filmmakers to have 
a valid way to train Mm -hmm. for moving into those categories, to moving into those spaces as their careers grow. It also gives them a valid place to submit their first feature that they don't maybe feel is ready for. Exactly. And, and, and that's, so that's why we still need to have, I'm not saying dump the features. I'm just saying we shouldn't have 20 feature film awards, you know, where we break down every single category within the feature, you know, not yet. Yeah. You know, we, we just, we need to keep elevating the features a bit too, you know, the shorts. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah. before we get into a position where we're doing, you know, and you know, best, um, sound think, mixing for a feature film. I think you know, what's also really like, important is we're not the Oscars, you know, uh, the film awards is in its, uh, Oh, you're all good. <laughs> um, uh, fourth year or fifth year now is mm-hmm. this the fifth year, fourth year. It is the fourth year. It's, graduating from high school this year. <laughs> nice. Top of the class. I mean, the thing is, it's still, I, I, I definitely see the film awards as we're still learning every year. We, we learn new things to take from it. And we don't know until we kind of put it out there what's going to work and what's not going to work. If it's too much, if we need to scale back a bit. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the awards that are being handed out from, you know, the categories that are there this year versus the categories last year. Versus the categories the year before. I mean, obviously, Jody and and you and everybody else who's working on that stuff, you're making adjustments as as it goes. And I think that's fantastic, you know. But I know, (laughs) I'm going to throw Jody on the bus. Jody made a post on Facebook like two months ago. I really want to make the focus of the film awards the feature films next year. And I jumped on that right away that I yes. thought that was a mistake. And I remember that. And I you think know. that can get us into a lovely conversation about how social media and Facebook is needs to be taken with a grain of salt, should never be the place where mm-hmm. official announcements are made. Um, Which is a fortune because I feel like that's a lot of those communities through Facebook. Every job I've gotten mm-hmm. has been through Facebook or in-person yeah. meets. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but- and, and to go off of what you were saying about training people for their public image, um, I see Facebook as a perfect example of how we're not seen. Like, that counts. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, I mean, as much as I'd love to just every single day on my status say exactly how I'm feeling because I'm a millennial and apparently I think everyone cares. Um, I care. Oh, thank you. That's that's sweet. <laughs> I know it if you like it. <laughs> um, I don't care that much. Exactly. See, so that's. I, I think I like everything you. Post, I think the so. po- the point is though that I think people conduct themselves. Um, you know, Poorly. people just kind of yeah. People just you know say whatever on Facebook, and I think if it's related, and more importantly, I don't care if you do it on your own page. It's when you do it on other people's pages, when you do it on the film consortium page, when you do it on the film actors page. If it's not related to film, it's not a place for arguing about mm. film that then eventually gets turned into politics because that's the thing lately. I think you know well, there was a fallout after the day after the this film week. Oh uh, oh oh! I don't want to get into it, but no, no, I'm not going to. It's it's it's. For someone who, like, I sit there and I listen to it and I have to sometimes bite my tongue, it would be nice if other people did too. Because I know some people are joking and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'm going to come to Jody's defense. She must have really, really thick skin because I don't. And how hard I've worked and how little sleep I've gotten and the fact that I'm in the middle of the move right now and to have people even in joking way do, it it hurts my feelings. 
It's well, and some and some of those people who are making those comments are the people I'm referencing from last year. Yeah, and I and I and I think and yeah, and I think what matters, like, listen, I'm going to be not, honest. If you're not one involved, of, one of those persons is an intellectual, and I'm pissed. Well, I don't mm. think. Listen, I think unless you're involved, unless you're part of the process and seeing it happen, I think it's you. You know, I don't think it's fair to say that it's you know a click of people or I, I just don't think it's fair to, to, to make a whole lot of comments about it because we're doing it for you guys. We're not doing it just for ourselves. I mean, it's great. It's a chance for me to meet everybody in the community and, and connect and get to know them on a, a personal level. But it's, it's also like we're honoring your guys' hard work because it, the, the film consortium is about bringing the film community together mm-hmm. in a supportive manner, not it, in a destructive goes, manner. Exactly. And it goes back to what you said. You're like, if you want to be part of the community, volunteer your own time. Yeah. Watch these films. And you know, be part we of had the judging. plenty of people do, who do did anything. that. We had yeah. plenty of great people. Dan Butler Last came year, in and volunteered our Facebook marketing, Susan Davis. Um, and uh, she was I, in like several times. To I play vote. devil's advocate. I don't do shit. No. I help out a little bit no. here and there. But and I you don't, don't complain. You don't complain. No, she, no, and you didn't try to, you didn't try to finagle me with, with ticket sales either. No, of course <laughs> not. Last year, you know, last year I got a lot of flack last year, you know, about, yeah, I know. Being nominated so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a big part of it was people were like, oh, you know, you're helping with the show and you're you're voting on stuff. You know, you must be voting. If you're, you know, look, I went to every single day of voting last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote on my own movies. I voted on everybody else's because I genuinely wanted to see everybody else's films last year. Oh, yeah. I watched every single film that was eligible for nominations last year. And I think it's a great thing to do as a every single just one in general to, yeah. to, um, um, but, uh, my other big thing too, is that, uh, what was I going to say? Um, to go off of what of that this year, it was definitely like Mike Brugemeyer got nominated for a bunch of stuff. And I definitely heard a little bit of that and he came and he voted and yes, he sponsored, um, one of the workshops, but in the end he didn't get nominated for film awards and stuff like that. He didn't necessarily win. Like, it's just, he made a lot of great movies this year and he submitted them too. So submit your films. If that's the issue. There's a lot of people who are, who are bitching and moaning who don't, don't submit their stuff at all. Mm -mm. No, I know. And I know a lot of people have issues with, you know, the forms and the submission process, but like, again, it's just a community. Well, you know what? I'm not a lawyer. I'm sorry. I can't, you know, go through the form and crap is just part of being a filmmaker too. You know, submitting your films to stuff is part of the deal. I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, um, you know, and a lot of the stuff Mike had in, in film week this year was, was like oldie, but goodie stuff too. You know, like all of oh, his yeah. stuff wasn't eligible for film awards. No, she's the man wasn't, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's whatever it, 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 it I think there's always going to be that, which is, which yeah. is fine. It's just a, I think my big argument is like Mike, when it comes down to it, you can sit and bitch, but until you've come out and volunteered, I agree. Um, I think, I think you sound like an asshole. Yeah. Well, you just, I do. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to come out and volunteer and be a part of helping propel your own community forward, you know, you just want to bitch that your movie didn't get into something. And sometimes, you know what, you might like your movie, but other people don't. Mm -hmm. I make lots of movies that people don't like, Yeah. (laughs) you know, and I'm going to be honest with you. Jody doesn't like half the stuff I make, (laughs) you know, I show her something. She goes, eh. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. and that's crushing and it hurts, but you know, 
Not, uh, not every your film. Cin- you your cinematography discontinuance was awful. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but not every, not every movie you make is going to register with every film goer. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just the simple truth. And it's not going to yeah. register with every person who's, who's judging. And just because you think your film is fantastic, it probably is. But you know what? There were a lot of fantastic movies submitted this year, last year. And every year, they're getting really better I was really impressed with the quality and of films and overall this year. Just blown away. Because I did see a lot of the films last year as well um, in the vetting process. And I just, I mean, it's the improvement. It's it's huge. People are making longer shorts. And it's it's really great. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe. And I'm excited to see the results this year. So, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to the film awards. Um you know, and they are San Diego's Oscars, you know. Like, uh, Is there a way for people to see these movies beforehand? Well, that's the thing is it's it's these films that have been nominated and stuff. They're all in various degrees of going through their festival circuit runs. Right. They're not necessarily all available for people to watch. Well, that's why uh, Film Week is, they were is an opportunity. all played at Film Week. Yeah. Well, yes. Almost. Majority, unless Majority. they were asked was, not to be there. Yeah, specifically if they were waiting for you know um, another festival and right. having. So there's only status. maybe a couple yeah. that didn't get screened at Film Week, and I think they know? were a feature anyway. Yeah, there's so. a couple. But you want to watch the movies? You come to Film Week. You know that's right. when they were shown. You know, and it's. And, and you know, and, some people will be doing you know some soft premieres and other ones throughout the year. You know, mm-hmm. just going to Again, those events and watch the community. Pay attention to what's going on in your community. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to see these movies is always there. Yep. Um, you know, and a lot of these movies screen more than once locally. You know, they'll screen if there are 48, they'll screen at the 48. And then usually the ones that are decent enough to screen international s- screen, uh, you know, into the best ofs will screen mm-hmm. at the best of. And then they're at San Diego International Film Festival, you know, a month right. or two later. Right. And I mean, the opportunities are there. Um you know, last year we had uh, Life in Reels had a night where they screened a whole bunch of movies. Uh, Jaron Hall had uh, the Marching movies in March. Um, uh, Lou Martinez had Night of a Thousand Burritos. I mean, there were opportunities yep. Yep. to see so many good films throughout the year because people were putting on screenings. You know, pay attention to the community, watch what's going on. I announce all of them on the show. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, whether they ask me to or not, like I tell people on this show constantly when things are happening and things that they should be going and attending, you know, stop complaining, be a part of the community. Don't just make your movies. Well, and, and if you're going like, to complain, like do it you on your own private pages. Don't do it on the on public pages. That's Absolutely. that's my only thing. Yeah. Don't, um, don't go into the community page. And, don't be a and dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. That's the hashtag for this episode. Hashtag don't be a dick. Um, um, but we've, we've taken a huge tangent off. I know we own. have. Sorry. But, you know, it's, it's inevitable because, you know, Ali, you, yourself, you're more involved than even I am. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm helping produce the film awards this year again. Um, and it's important. And, and I, I do believe it's important. And I don't view it as a fake it till you make it deal. And here's the thing. I think this, you, you this know how it's important us. is seeing how people react the win, when people do win and when people don't win, seeing how upset they are. You know, I, you feel it and you can't help but take it because it is. It's a recognition of yeah. how hard you've been working in this community. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's well, going to be great this year. And I, I 
liked at the very end, at the, the end gala, mm-hmm. seeing all the nominations and seeing people's reactions at that point. Me too. Was really cool. Yeah. One film I haven't seen, which I really want to now, is Patrick Burton's. Oh, I. Oh, yeah. He is so that nominated for absolutely everything. I was, I, what I, I just, that blew me away. It was and I, so hard I for me to keep the... my mouth shut when he showed up for the party. Cause yeah. you know, I, I, he, I recorded all he those. Had no idea. He was jumping. He had up no idea. Yeah. And that was, I mean, like, honestly, like, I don't think anyone saw that coming. You know, it didn't even get, um, for the 48, it didn't even get nominated as a, as a best of the 48. So I think, you know, just to go to show that it's whoever is judging and what they think. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm really excited to see the new edit of that as well. I think another great one um, just because it's different and it's really cool. I really love Tonic. Mm. Um, it's the one with the piano. Tonic's incredibly cool. I, I thought as far as. I thought for sure that was an L.A. film. Sound design and sound. I was so proud that it wasn't. I yeah. was so I, I know it's. I know it's. I very much thought. I know it's only a month till film awards, but it'd be cool to. See if we could rent out like Ultra Star or something, and just do like the best of, or s- somehow just to see. Like, here's what I can say: I know that um, uh, Jody and I have been talking about doing um, a couple like monthly uh, showcases of a few films, like either ones that right. didn't make it or ones that did make it, and people couldn't see and, and things like that. Especially some of the features that were super early. Um, well, I so. think a night. I, I think doing a night where you screen everything that actually wins stuff would be. That could be really after, cool. That'd be really yeah. cool. Because like I know last year, like after the film awards, everybody was asking me where they could see Lefty, where they could That's see things true. happen, where they could see, you know, the various films that I was associated with. Um and and right, that's that's even better. I, I was able to let afterwards because yeah, I was able to like, let people watch things happen online because the film awards literally was the end of the yeah. festival run for things happen. Um but Lefty was so you know was supposedly starting its festival run at the Film Awards last year. Oh, okay. We haven't done anything. We? <laughs> um, no, but I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's, I think that's a great idea. I can't. Yeah, I think that's a really, I yeah. think it's a really good idea. Screening night of the winners would be a great idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it'll definitely take the help of those winners to help you know make it happen and everything because we can't just rent absolutely the, rent you out can't do it. you can't, can't do, do it yourself. <laughs> I would love to. I wish I had my own home theater. Um, well, you know, it would be day. awesome because the show's airing on CW6 on April 9th. I believe that's correct. You're if right. If we could get our act together, and we should talk about this with Jody. Before, if we, if we before. can get our act together beforehand and schedule a screening at a theater here in town, like we should advertise on the show where people can watch the winners from that night's program. Well, we should do it so that the screener then would have to be after the 9th because people seeing it on TV, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that would be fantastic. Because you, you the other thing more we people, need to do, we need to get more people who are outside of, of our film community it's coming to watch part. our movies. That's, That's brilliant. And being on CW6 is going to be a huge opportunity to branch our audiences out. Yeah. That's brilliant. I think that's good. We really yeah. should do that. That's great. Oh, my. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> no, that's actually. I think that's a great, a great idea. She's cringing. Okay, we'll, t- we'll talk to. I'll, I will talk to Jody uh, on our Her crease between her eyes. Is going. Do you want me to talk to Jody? Or do you? No, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I just don't know when when there's time in the the day. But yeah, I would love to. <laughs> but that's the I think, thing. No, I think it's, it's like, a great. It's idea. like that could be an opportunity to actually 
sell tickets. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think that'd be great. It'd be great for someone like me who, as much as I want, I, I worked it. So I, there was a lot of stuff I didn't get to see all the way through mm. um, in a theater environment, which is the way to see it, not on your computer screen. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I love that idea. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. And that would be an interesting, uh, interesting thing if we could get like maybe two screenings on a, on a day, on a weekend after the ninth. I think that's know, great. Let's, let's maybe backwards. start with the one. Well, no, I'm let's just saying like, <laughs> you know, it, it'll be showing at 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Oh, yeah. You know, at this theater, you know, buy your tickets online. Yeah. Now, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I think that'd be very cool. And to, it would be the best way to take advantage of the fact that we're screening out on CW6. Yeah, I think it's be fun to do a little demographic like survey too at the theater going, hey, are you in the film committee? Yes. No. Yeah. Are you like, where did you see, hear about? Like, exactly. Where did you hear about? Oh, I'm to all see, over questionnaires at films. Oh, God. Yeah, film you'd, screenings. You'd still get to see how much we got from just that one channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big thing is promoting it, right? I think it's a great thing as long as we can, you know, fill the theater and. You know, yeah. I think that that's when know. are all the parody videos going to be dropping? Uh, well, uh, two of them already. The the you know, the sizzle 30 second ones already dropped during film week. If you went to the screenings, you would have seen that. Um, the rest should be uh, there will be airing on CW six. Um, we have one. We have one more parody. We're still working on um, producing and getting out there. But um, I know. I know the Star Wars one is ready. It's really cool. Um, I, it's awesome. Derek Acosta did a great job with that. And then the other one, which is a Shining parody, um, that was also kind of a Jordan Hates uh, writer's block, um, is awesome. Uh, Ryan Castleman directed it. Ryan Kelly's DPing and editing. And um, I can't wait for you guys to see it. We have... I mean, we got Beth Gallagher in it. We've got Carenza as Marilyn Monroe. We've got Shane Allen. I love Allen those two. And as, him. I know. I have my sister's back. Um, Shane Allen as, uh, as um, oh, 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 goodness gracious. Um, that's terrible. Which movie? Orson Welles. Thank okay. you. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, and we have some other surprises as well. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, they should be dropping in the next couple of weeks. Next week or two. Awesome. When is Film Awards? April 2nd at the Music Box Theater. Tickets are available online now. Yep. It's early bird Get time. your early bird One tickets. One month away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's early bird right now, so get your tickets while they're cheap because mm-hmm. they will get expensive. Yes. Music Box. And they actually a nice are room. a decent price right now. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, VIP right if, now is only like 50 If you guys didn't go last year, Music Box is a cool venue, and it's it'll... It's worth it. It's, it's going to be a cool. party. We definitely works them out some kinks. We're going to have our you know pre reception and red carpet and another venue. So there yeah, shouldn't downtown be issues. works. It's a bo- it's a block uh, south of the music box. It's on the same street. Very cool venue. I checked it out. Uh, Brian and I walked it uh, a week or two ago when oh, we were working yeah. downtown. Um, the red carpet's going to be there. So um, general admission, there shouldn't so be issues. General admission, you'll get in, get to the bar, get your drinks upstairs have, on have the third fun, floor. Hang out. Yeah, it'll yeah. be cool. It's going to be a very gonna good I there's going to be night. some behind-the-scenes um, stuff going on as well. So it's going to be a really exciting night. Yeah. And we will be live streaming we the will. red carpet um, again. So if you're at the Music Box, you can be watching the red carpet on your phones and stuff. While and you're watching Dave's party. cell phone bill go up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Oh, <laughs> Joking, ah, that's how they get, get you. My, my <laughs> um, 
So anyway, uh, yeah, April 2nd uh, at the Music Box. Get your tickets now. And then uh, the broadcast will be on the CW6 on April 9th at 8 p.m. Right there in primetime on a Sunday. Just pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, um, San Diego. Yay, San yeah, Diego. Yeah, so it's going to be great. And, you know, uh, come support. You yeah. know, even if you're not nominated, come, come. Even if you don't believe in awards. Come join us for the party of the year, man. Yeah. It's a great night. Best dance circle I've ever had <laughs> was, it was last so year. Oh, my God. That, that was, I forgot about that. That, that was, was awesome. My favorite. First of all, it was such a swirl of a night. and It was crazy. That was so much I fun. I forgot about that's that. That's when I broke my film award. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's too bad. I, but remember, I refused to put it down. I danced with it all night. And then, yep. like. Yep. 30 seconds before we oh, were no. done with the last song, like somebody bumped it out of my hand. And I totally boom. forgot about that. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was a good time. That was fun. So. But I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come join us. Um, look, I got to be up in Burbank Monday morning for a gig. <laughs> I'm still going to, yeah, I'm still going to be there partying. Yeah. So, so come join us. Come have a great time. Um, Allie, thanks for sitting down talking yeah. a little bit of Oscars and a little bit of film awards and everything else. Next year we'll us. do a full Oscar preview with predictions and well, I think we we'll all actually got, we all got films. a little we we all got a little off track. I think because this was the first year of film. Work. Oh yeah, and there was so it was just kind of like everything kind of overtook that. And, Absolutely. You know, quite frankly, uh, my apartment and car can speak y- to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I got I got lost uh, in my own stuff too because I've been trying to dig out of a financial hole. From, yeah. So I took time off last year when my mom fell ill, and then you know I spent a lot of time traveling because I just. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't want to be home. Yeah. Hey. Um, so I've been working my ass off the last uh, month or two trying to get out of a financial hole that I dug myself into. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but next Preach. year, definitely next year, yes. let's, <laughs> let's make sure that we watch more of the movies and, and we'll do a, a much more formal prediction yeah. episode. And then got to get Steve back in here. He's my other artsy fartsy. He likes the, <laughs> well, that reminds me, Steve Schwartz is recovering very well Yay, um, from good. his gallbladder Yay. surgery. Um, he is no longer with gallbladder, um, so it can't bother him. He parted anymore. well. Um, <laughs> I do know that he's on a liquid diet for a while, and he's been given instructions to completely change how he's eating. Um, he's already gone vegan, but he's basically been told he can't he can't carb up anymore. Um, so, yeah. So no Carbs carbs, no sugars, uh, all that stuff. So he's but he's he's on the mend. He's doing better. He'll join us again when he can. And, uh, you know, Steve, we're happy that you're doing well. Yes, very um, happy. Dude. We missed you. Um, and you freaked me out, dude. It was right. I was going into Joshua Tree and I was out of cell service and oh, no. I couldn't we had, like, I keep had, tabs on Didn't have service there. 99% of the time, which we'll talk yeah. about next time. Yes, right. yes. We'll talk. We'll talk Joshua Tree. Uh, check out my Facebook page and Mikey P's Facebook page for some incredible photos. That by yours truly. Yeah. <laughs> some of them were shot by me, dude. That's true. Not all of them were you. Um, all, most of mine were all shot on my iPhone, which is even more amazing. So, uh, Mike, thanks. Always a pleasure, man. And uh, everybody else, uh, we'll catch you again on the next episode of The Intellectual Podcast. And if you haven't already, go to theintellectual.com and check out The Intellectual Talk Show. Yeah. Um, our, our episodes go up on Monday nights. Um, this week was with Jalen Moore from History Channel's new hit series, uh, Six about the Navy SEALs. They just got picked up for season two, which is fantastic news. And um, 
they go into their season finale this coming Wednesday. So why? <laughs> that's nice, Allie. So watch the episode. Uh, learn a little bit from Jalen Moore what it was like to train. You almost um, made it through these. Yeah. Episodes. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Learn what it was like to train uh, to be a Navy SEAL on TV. Uh, with Jalen Moore on the History Channel's Series 6. That's Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. And um, I'm David F. Dawson. Thanks for joining us on the Intellectual Podcast. We'll talk soon. Hello there, citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck. Telling you, please, talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears.